You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hooked up with multiple women, had sex with wandering the program, and uh, I'm still talking to multiple women and continuing to go on dates. I actually have a problem now. I have too many women that are calling me. I kind of have a good problem right now where I have more women than I know what to do with. The men you just heard were all former students who leveled up their love lives and developed a whole new set of dating problems. They went from women ghosting them to having so many options that they accidentally double booked a date with two gorgeous women. So how did these men level up? Did they start making more money, get in better shape, or suddenly become a lot more handsome? No, they got to this level because they understand TED. TED stands for Tension, Entertainment, and Dominance. Most men aren't even playing the right game when it comes to dating, and some guys still think you have to memorize some sort of dating script to get a girl to like you, when really all you need is TED if you want to attract, date, and seduce multiple women on a regular basis. It's the core philosophy of my coaching program, and it's more than enough for you to create the kind of dating life you've always imagined. If you're tired of being lonely, not having the kind of dating life you desire, or you're tired of settling for women you're not attracted to nor interested in, then go to coachedbytrip.com and schedule a call with one of our highly trained dating experts right now for a free consultation call. On this call, we'll figure out where you're at in your dating life what kind of dating life you want to create for yourself, and help create a roadmap to get you the results you want. Go to coachedbytrip.com right now to schedule your free consultation call. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. How's it going, man? How are we doing today? So today I want to talk to you about a few things. First, I want to talk to you about how we're going to have you approach way more women than you're doing now. One of the reasons why I decided to do an episode on this is because, well, I get inspired by things that come up when I'm coaching guys or, or maybe even some questions I get on social media, but I feel like this has been a topic of conversation lately, even on the podcast just the idea of going out and talking to women and approaching and how to make it part of your schedule, which is a pretty big deal. And I know that it can be tough for people for many reasons. One, it's tough for guys to do because they have approach anxiety. So with approach anxiety, you're just not going to be putting yourself out there to do approaches. So it's always going to be harder. But then you got the idea of just having a really busy schedule. Over here in the Trip Advice Accelerator Coaching Program, we work with, I mean, you name it, every type of guy you could ever think of. I mean, everywhere from CEOs to engineers to lawyers and doctors. We work with people who are uh, residents, so they're they're getting their doctorate, or guys who just are super busy. Who knows? Whatever you're doing, I mean, guys who are really focused on their career are super busy. So whether you're super busy or whether you have approach anxiety, what I want to do on today's episode is give you some ideas and even maybe a sample schedule of how you can be making approaching 
more part of your life. I know over the past 675 episodes, we have definitely discussed this. I don't know if I've ever really done an episode, though, dedicated to this. So that's why I wanted to do it so I can help you out so you can make it habitual, which brings me to one of my first points. The habit is everything. So let's talk about habits for a second. Habits are what are going to create a successful life for you. We'll even put in that systems. So habits and systems. These are things that you need to have in your personal life. Whether you want to achieve meeting women, whether you have personal goals like working out, losing weight, gaining weight, whether you want to build a business or whatever you're doing for your career that you want to be successful, right? Everything needs some sort of habit and system. So when you are creating goals, you have to think about habits first. Everything comes in the form of a habit because the habit eventually leads to the accomplishment of the goal or the result desired by you. And I'll give you some some real quick tips here when it comes to habits. Everything with a habit has to start with making it as simple as possible. You'll never be able to successfully create a habit unless you start off really small. I'll give you an example. If you say to yourself, I'm going to the gym every day this week, that's a, that's a big promise to make to yourself. High room for failure. So we want to start off with low room for failure, meaning little to no reason to really fail or to make any sort of excuses. And let's be honest, going from I haven't gone to the gym in a year to I'm going to go to the gym now every day this week, that's hard. You're setting yourself up for failure. So maybe we say, hey, we're going to go once this week. We're going to create some sort of habit so that you can actually build on it and achieve it. So everything has to start off really small. Again, anything you're doing in your life, think about the small little pieces to then look at the bigger picture of the big puzzle that you're eventually putting together. I have been doing this my, I won't say my whole life, but I'll say the past 15 years for sure. And I'm still working on it. I am not necessarily living this perfect life where I have everything perfectly in order. But if you compare the me now to where I was 15 years ago, oh, I'm, I'm night and day, that's for sure. I'm a better version of myself. So nowadays, I'm always using the principles of habits and remembering what it takes to actually accomplish something. If you know me from all the episodes you've listened to, you know I've bounced around quite a bit. I've, I lived in LA for many years. I lived in Chicago, where I'm originally from. I'm currently in Nashville. I'm going to be going to Mexico for a few months to live there and work there. I'm going to be going to Austin. And then after that, who knows? So I'm constantly traveling and going to different places, which can really disrupt habits. So I'm always trying to create new habits, implement new things, create new systems for my life, which is the reason why I'm still working on it and always still working on it. You know, speaking of, of going to the gym, for example, moving to a new place where you got to find the right gym, which place are you going to go to now? What days and times are you going to go? 
how are you going to put it all together? Right. So I'm, I'm working on that one. There was a, a long time. I hope this doesn't gross you out, but I'll just be real with you, man. For a long time, I was not flossing at all. And if you've, uh, you've learned anything for dental hygiene, that's not good. You need to be flossing. You won't go into the details of why you can look it up for yourself. Although you can find anything on the internet. Now there's always these arguments say, Oh, you don't really need to do it. Side note. I remember at one point I was not flossing like ever. And I got a piece of food lodged and stuck in my gum. And I had no idea, but one day I had no idea what was going on. One day I, I woke up at the worst toothache. I went to the dentist like as an emergency and they pulled out a piece of food that was just kind of like deeply stuck in my gums and i'm like how do i make sure that doesn't happen again they're like floss i'm like oh god so anyway uh finally it took me a while to get to this point but i had to create that habit of, of flossing and that one's always been really important to me i'm just i'm just a sucker for dental hygiene i mean to the point where i even had a dental hygienist come on an episode and talk to us about about oral hygiene and, and all that good stuff. I digress. Point is, is habits, systems, all important, all something that you should be focusing on, even with approaching women and making it part of your daily, weekly, and monthly routine. I'll even say another habit that I'm, I'm always struggling with, I'm constantly working on, is, uh, is consuming. And when I say consuming, I mean consuming information. If you know my history well, you know I produce a lot of content. I produce podcasts and Instagram reels and TikToks and YouTube videos and emails and all that good stuff. So I don't allow myself room to take in content and I should be doing that more. So I've started habits and stopped habits of reading and watching videos and all that stuff. And I do get it in, but not as much as I want to. All because why? I'm not going to play victim here. I haven't put in the time and energy to create a sustainable and consistent habit. Now, back to approaching. When I was first learning how to approach, back when I was 23 years old, I realized in order to see success, I had to create a habit. I had to go out there and consistently approach women. This is after I started getting over the initial fear of approach anxiety. When I say initial fear, I mean, I you know, it took me a couple of weeks not to get over it fully, but to get over at least 25% of it. Because at that point, there, there's no habit in place. I wasn't doing any approaching. It was that scary for me. So once I got over a little bit of that hump and I saw the potential for me to be able to go out and do it, then I was able to put in a schedule. So this is not something I'm telling you to do per se, although you can, I'm just going to give you the example of what I did. And this is not something I did only when I was 23 years old. Between 23 and now 37, I've been in and out of relationships. So I date a girl for a while, be single again, date a girl for a while, be single again. So in between those times, I had to reintroduce habits and systems to get myself back out there and approaching again so I can make it consistent. So I'll give you the sample schedule that I did when I first started. And I would say it's kind of similar to, to, 
to those breaks that I had. But basically, I made it so I was going out at least every single weekend, whether it be day or night. And I was then doing these three-week stints where I'd be going out for three weeks in a row every single night to be able to get down the approaching. At first, it was really hard, not just because of approach anxiety. We all know that's tough. Beyond approach anxiety, it's it's tough to follow a schedule. It's tough to get up your ass and do something. So after about, well, we'll say the first few days was really tough. After a week, it got a little bit easier. And then at about day 10, it becomes so ingrained in you. And by the way, I just want to note, this is not for every habit. This was just for the example of, of when I was going out. And about day 10, where every single night I was going out, it started to feel like normal. And of course, day, well, let's see, I did it for three weeks in a row. So I don't know, maybe day 15, up to day 20, it would be weird if I didn't go out, meaning it would feel weird. And this is how I think you really, really know you nailed down a habit. You know you nailed down a habit when it feels strange, weird, off, awkward, uncomfortable to not do the thing you've always been doing. So going back to the flossing example, I won't go a day without flossing anymore because it feels weird. Like I I don't want to anymore. The habit is there. My new normal is flossing every day like I have for the past however many years. It's like going to the gym. When you go to the gym and you've been going for consistently whatever it is you're doing three to four times a week, you know yourself. It will feel weird if you miss a day. Feel off. It won't feel good. That's the point you want to get to with any habit. Where the habit You're not even even labeling it as a habit anymore. That's the beautiful part. It's just life. This is what life is now. Is your life is doing the thing that you want to accomplish. Going to the gym, working on your career, going out and approaching, talking to women, whatever it may be. So that is what you want to get to. And I remember by day 15 to day 20, it was at the point where I would almost feel comfortable or off if I stayed home. And also, I was so close to accomplishing my goal. The goal was I wanted to go out for that long. And in order to achieve that goal, I had to put in a habit. And that habit was scheduling in times to go out, having places set to go out to, putting the work in to schedule it, and then after that, it's just execution, baby. That's it. You are just following your schedule. I'm even helping Megan with this right now. So we are going to be starting a YouTube channel for her where she's teaching dance because she's a dancer. And she's going to be teaching some dance and fit and dance fitness type type videos and little classes and things like that. And so I had to teach her the same thing. The idea of not necessarily habit per se, but I'm more talking about the idea of execution and scheduling. It's like... Well, actually, I should say, I'll interrupt myself, that will lead to a habit. But the idea is to, to get to a point where you're executing flawlessly. And in order to do that, you need to have a schedule. So with Megan, what I helped her do was I sat her down. I said, all right, let's focus on all the things that we need you to accomplish to, 
to successfully create enough videos to start a YouTube channel for, for dance. Okay, these are all the things we needed to do. We wrote them down. This is all the types of videos you want to create. Okay, now you have other things that you do, so you can't just be doing videos all day. So we got to make a schedule. And we made a schedule where, you know, whatever it was, you know, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, you were creating content. And then Thursdays, Fridays, you're coming up with the content to create for the next week. And then you write it down. And then after that, the work is done. Now you're just a slave to the schedule for uh, lack of a better phrase. But for some reason, I kind of like that, you know, because it's cool. It means that you're really working hard at something. You are a slave to yourself, so to speak. You are working hard for yourself and your master and the person that you or the thing that you are following is your schedule. That is it. So you need to look at the schedule for it to tell you what to do until it becomes a habit. Now, what you need to do, and my advice to you, is you need to figure out what it is that you need to do to be able to get enough approaches in to make it part of your schedule. And there can be so many different ways you can do this. You just have to figure out what's right for you. So it depends where you're at and what age you are and also what you're willing to do, right? I know some guys in their 40s, 50s, 60s are not really wanting to go to bars. That's fine. You don't have to. That is one, I will say, great way to meet women. You don't have to. But then you got to get creative. So wherever you are, 18 all the way to 70 years old, you got to figure out what's going to be right for you but also, you got to be honest with what's going to work. So if you're like, well, I don't want to do anything. Well, okay, well, then you won't approach and then you're not going to get good at that. So you got to figure out what's going to work, but also be realistic in how much it's going to take to be able to do it. So for example, all the different places you can approach, let's just list them out. You can go to bars, you can go to clubs, you can go out to farmer's markets, you can walk around your, your downtown area. I always tell guys here, you know, tell you that you need to be going to busy areas. So there's lots of women. So there's lots of opportunities. You got your shopping areas, your touristy areas. You got to think about what events you can go to. There's events that happen all the time in every town. I mean, I'm here in Nashville. I had no idea. Every night you can go out. Live music every single night. And I know Nashville is definitely a, a bigger city. It's not the biggest city, though not compared to a ton of other cities here in the US. So we're talking about going out to events, things happening in your town. You could think about, I, I hesitate a little bit when I say this, but I have to throw it out there. You could do singles events. I don't know. I haven't really heard of a lot of good reviews on that. A lot of guys tell me that the women there are not that great, but you know what? Don't let that stop you because that's more anecdotally. You got to see that for yourself. So if there's a single event and you've never gone, go. If it sucks, you never have to go again. It was worth a shot. At least you can practice talking to women. So they got those types of events and any social media, by the way, will help you find these events. Facebook, Instagram could be a source for that as well. Facebook is usually better. Then you got, uh, what is it? Eventbrite meetup.com, all those different sites. You can literally type into Google events happening in, and then your city. 
You could type in what to do in and then your city. And then you can also think about your social circle. And potentially, if you have a, quite a big social circle, you can create events, invite people to them, tell them to invite their friends. You could think about having a party or an event or something where you can invite people from work, not to hit on people at work, but tell them to invite their friends. You can get real creative here. There's lots of opportunities, lots of opportunities. And then if I were you, I'd go through and I'd pick out all the different opportunities. So pick out what you think. Hey, if it's all of them, great. But pick out what you'd want to do and think about when you would be able to go. I have some clients that will go and do a few approaches at lunch. Depending on what your workload is, maybe you can go out during the weeknights, maybe not. If you can't, I highly suggest putting a lot of effort into taking advantage of those weekends. Weekends are, are, are a must. So hopefully you're not working on weekends. And if you are, get creative to find things to do on the weeknights. And so again, circling all the way back to what I was saying in the very beginning of this episode, don't go crazy. I know it sounds like, well, Trip, you went crazy. You went for three weeks in a row. Well, that was after I was, way after I was going out a couple nights a week. I didn't do that right away. And I don't want you to set yourself up for failure. So to begin creating a habit and a system, you need to figure out what you can do to start. And I know with approach anxiety that you're probably going to want to start small anyways, if, if you have that. But even if you don't, start off small. Prove to yourself, okay, I can do one night a week. I can do one approach a couple times a day, uh, sorry, a couple times a week during my lunch break. I know I can afford the time to go and do an event once per week. Do that, prove to yourself that this is something that you can do. Then you tack on more. Now, I know a lot of guys, especially ones who, who we coach here in the program, they're like, I can do a lot. I can do 20 approaches this week, 25. And I love their attitude. I love their energy. I love their optimism. But more times than not, I've seen that fail because the goal is too big and the habit is not there. So small habits to then lead to the bigger goal. So think about what days, what times, write it down, create the schedule, and then execute on that schedule. So we'll go step by step through this again. First, figure out where you can go, what places you can go, and what you're willing to do. Then figure out when you can go. And also within that, figure out how many approaches that you want to do and talking and starting conversations with women. And then write this all down and even implement it into your schedule. I don't know about you, but my schedule is my life. I have a calendar here. It's, I use iCal on, on Apple. And I've been using that since like 2012, ever since I started TripAdvice, 2011, around there. And... So I make sure that everything I'm doing is in the schedule because I'm not going to trust myself to remember it. I'm not going to trust myself 
to even execute it because it's got to be on the schedule. So I put everything on there, every call I do, every interview I do, everything has been on there. And at one point it was, it was even approaches. And that was even before actually 2011. I didn't really use iCal for that, but, but I should have, if I knew about it, if I knew about the calendar systems there. And so I want you to use something like that. It can pop up on your phone. It might be funny if you're next to a friend and it says, gotta go approach, but whatever. Put something in there that you know will tell you, okay, I gotta go execute on this. So it helps with reminders. You can wake up every day and look at your schedule. I also recommend that the day before, this is a very popular productivity tip, is you set yourself up for success the night before instead of waking up in the morning. So that means that at the end of the day, you look at your next day and go, okay, what am I doing? Mentally prepare yourself. Make the list if there was no list made. Whatever you got to do, prepare yourself for the next day. Hopefully it's just looking at your schedule and going, okay, that's what I'm doing tomorrow. And then chill, forget about it, go about your night or whatever you, you need to do. So then the next morning you are prepared to do it and repeat Here's the thing to remember about habits, which is really tough, is that it is tough, especially in the beginning. It's uncomfortable. But there's something interesting that also happens. You get kind of excited. So what happens is you say, okay, we're going to start this habit. We're going to go out these days or go to the gym these days. And it's new, so it's exciting. And a lot of people fall off after the first couple of weeks. They never get to that 30, 60, 90 day mark where they've really ingrained it into the system of their life and becoming your new you or your new normal. And so that excitement tends to die after a first couple of weeks. So then you stop. This is one of the big reasons why habits or the attempt of habits seem to just not stick. One of the big reasons why it doesn't stick. So you need to be aware of that so you can push through that. And you got to remember that you have to get past that hump. We'll call it the boring hump where it's like, oh, this isn't interesting anymore. Whatever it may be. It's not exciting that I started something new. So it becomes kind of a drag. I don't know if this happens to everybody. It doesn't happen to me every time I start a new habit, but I'd say more time than not, you get pumped up, you, you did your schedule, tomorrow's a new day, you're excited, the possibilities of whatever you're trying to achieve, you do it, you do it, you do it, a couple weeks go by, you're just like, oh, okay. Oh, I really don't want to do this. I don't want to go out and approach. I don't want to go to the gym. Everything's kind of boring because it's not new anymore. It's not that shiny object that you were looking at. So I, I bring this to you and bring this to your awareness. So when it does happen, you can remember what it is that you're trying to do. And I think that's one of the biggest things is sticking with habits and being able to achieve the big goals is figuring out the why. Why is it important to you? Why are you doing this? Why do you want to do this? What happens if you don't do this? What's going to happen if you don't achieve the goal that you want and create the habit and system that, you, that you're trying to create? And maybe we can re-motivate you in that moment to keep going. 
and doing the things that are uncomfortable. I remember one of my marketing teachers taught me something when I was building TripAdvice. He taught me this one quote. I don't believe it was his. And it was, successful people do what unsuccessful people are unwilling to do. And man, I found that, I've, I've still have found that motivational. In those moments where you don't want to do something, in those moments where you're just fed up, stuff's not working. Well, you can give up. That's what happens to the, all the unsuccessful people. They gave up. But successful people are willing to do the things that unsuccessful people are not. And as I say that out loud, I remind myself of a few things. So I wonder what that hits for you. So think about that. I hope this helps. We're going to do some Q&A in just a bit. Just to wrap up here, what we're talking about is making habits that stick. And you're going to need to create the habits for approaching so you can approach way more women that you're, than you're doing now. And it's okay to start off small. It's okay to start this process off in a way where you can gradually do more and more and more. You don't have to do what I did when I first started. It does help. It's not necessary. You don't have to go out every single day for three weeks. But in fact, I'll even say this. I'll be even be a little hard on myself. It was cool that I did that and it really helped, but it would have been just as good if I just made sure I was just going on a continual basis, which I did anyways. I was going every weekend. I was going out maybe one weeknight and then once in a while I would do a three-week stint. But it would have been totally fine if I just kept that one habit. I was just kind of putting a little bit of gas on the fire a couple times because I really wanted to push it and I was really getting into it and learning. So you can do that, but what's the most important thing to do is just keep a steady habit going, start off small, and you will eventually see success once you do get through it. Get through the boring humps, okay? So remember that. Real quick, I haven't mentioned too much on this uh, on this podcast only a few times when I first launched it. If you want to learn how to approach better, I have a course. It's called Infield Breakdown. It actually shows me doing real life approaches. And I'm going out and approaching women. I actually just recorded it this year, this year being 2022. And I went out and I did approaching for a full day. Probably approached at least, I don't know, 40, 50 women. And got all got all kinds of of versions of me approaching. So me approaching groups, me approaching at the bar, me approaching a lot of it during the day, getting rejected, not getting rejected, getting phone numbers. And the course that I created tells you and explains to you how you can do it, shows examples of how it's done. So you can see and learn by example. And then every single one is me breaking it down. So you're not going to just see the approach, but I do a screen share where I'll pause the video and I'll explain to you, okay, this is why I said this. This is why I did this. This is where I start to flirt. This is how I'm flirting here. This is when I decided to close. Everything is explained. That's why it's called infield breakdown because it's a breakdown of my infield approaches. And it's, it's incredible. And every guy that has gotten it and every guy that has gone through it 
has seen a lot of success in their approaches because they see exactly how it's done. So check it out. There's a link in the show notes where you can get yourself a copy of that. It's funny I say a copy of that like it's a DVD. Uh, no, it's not a copy. You'll you'll get access to it and you'll be able to stream it from your phone, from your computer, from your tablet. And it's all in my private members area that you'll get access to. So just the website you go, you'll get a username and password. So infield breakdown, check it out. That will teach you everything about approaching and cold approach and, and getting that down. And then that will help you in your journey of doing the approaches. So super valuable. I really, really think you're going to be able to get better results by, by watching it and not just going out there and doing it and just kind of guessing, but being able to see exactly how it's done. All right, let's go into Q&A. This is from Austin. Hi, Trip. I just listened to your episode with Sadia Khan and thought it was very eye-opening, especially the part where she pointed out that women are intimidated by men of high quality, similar to how men are intimidated by beautiful, attractive women. I had an experience at one time that kind of popped back in my head from this. Whether it was legitimate rejection, who is to say, but she rejected me because she said I was more put together than where she was currently in her life. It appeared she was scared of judgment, or maybe it was just a nice rejection. I'm not really hung up on the rejection. But my question is, in your opinion, is there a way to lessen the intimidation that women could feel from a high-quality man? If so, what are your thoughts on how to, or would you say in your opinion, it is more so on the woman to try to cope with that, similar to how it is for guys to work on not putting a beautiful woman on a pedestal and focus more on the conversation rather than the compliments. I'm curious about your extended thoughts on this. This was a fantastic episode and would definitely love to hear more conversation between you and Sadia. Thank you, Austin. Thanks, Austin. Um, guys, this is a recent episode. So you can, you can go back and check it out. It says, uh, the title is where I'm talking to a psychologist. It's called the difference between women and men, according to a psychologist. Okay. So this is a, a fantastic question and hopefully I get to blow your mind here. So Austin, first of all, I want to say this. I've also had this before. I I've experienced this. I've experienced when a woman has rejected me because she feels too intimidated. It's only happened maybe a couple times, but it's kind of crazy, right? You're like, what? You're like, huh? This is the exact opposite that's supposed to happen. But I, I, I've had it. It's funny. It's like kind of this rejection where you're like, oh, God, this is the way to get rejected. This is the way. <laughs> this, that, that's the best rejection you could, you could get. Um, so here's the thing. I got to mention, it could be bullshit, it is possible that she's just saying that and she's actually just rejecting you. So she's kind of like lying to you or it's like a white lie where she's really not that intimidated. She's just saying that. But here's where I'm going to blow your mind a little bit. You asked me, is there a way to lessen the intimidation so women could feel less intimidated by you? Well, the answer is this. Absolutely not. You will not work on or think about any sense of lessening intimidation. It'd be almost impossible to teach, but that's not why I, I'm saying don't do it. The reason is, is because if there's a woman that's saying to you that she's intimidated by you, that 
is a clear way of sub-communicating to you that she has low self-esteem. So immediately if a woman says to me, I'm intimidated by you or or whatever whatever she might say in, in that realm, she is putting up her red flags. Dude, that's a red flag. Girls intimidated by you? You don't want that. That's, what does that say about her? What does that say in the reverse about a man? Think about that. If a man were to do that, why do you think women are unattracted to that? Because that guy doesn't think of himself as valuable. He's got low self-esteem. So the second that you're, anyone's putting anyone on a pedestal, thinking that the other person's better than them, then they think that they are low. And that is a lack of confidence. And I know that men don't generally care as much. Like it's not like the initial thing. Like, you know, if a girl's not that confident, you'd probably still want to sleep with her. You might even get into a relationship with her. Who knows? So it's not on your on your radar, maybe up front. But let me put that on your radar because if you want to try to date someone and get into a relationship with someone who has low self-esteem, you're in big trouble, my friend. We're talking jealousy issues, potential drama. I mean, it's just, it's bad. I, I've been in a relationship with a woman who had low self-esteem. It was a disaster. I don't want that for anybody. So if that happens, whether she's lying or telling you the truth, peace, goodbye. We're not going to deal with that. We are not going to be entertaining any sort of idea where we are going to be with any woman who doesn't feel that they are worthy. It's no good. And I would even say, man, don't sleep with that girl either. You know, you're probably going to mess her up even more. And it's just ugly. You know, it's like she's got low self-esteem. And then you're just like, no, no, it's cool. And you become less intimidating by whatever way you do it. And you sleep together. And then you're just using her for sex. And, you know, it just, it's going to be bad news for her. So let's, let's leave women, let's leave women better than we found them. Okay. So Austin, I hope that helps. And absolutely. I would like to do more episodes with Sadia. She was really cool. Super smart. Here's another question. And this is from Kevin. It's funny. This is two questions in a row about previous guests. Kevin says, hi, Trip. I was listening to the podcast with Rebecca Popovsky, and she mentioned that she likes quiet guys, which was quite surprising. I was hoping you could expand on why women like quiet guys. I'm a quiet and shy guy and always thought that that was a negative, especially when it comes with outgoing and social women. Thanks, Kevin. Kevin. So you got to be careful about what women say and what they do. And you got to take some of that stuff with a uh, grain of salt. Just because, just because she says that, we don't know exactly what she actually experienced. So I'm going to guess that the quiet shy guy wasn't the shy guy that you might be or that you were picturing. Because quiet, shy guys don't normally get women. 
it's just simple as that because, well, if they're quiet and shy, they're probably not creating opportunities for themselves to tie back in today's topic. They're not creating opportunities to go out and do approaches, right? So I don't think women like quiet guys. What I think women are really saying there is they like a guy who might be a little bit more stoic. A guy who is calm and has calm energy and has things handled. I have a I have a feeling that any woman who says shy, they think it's shy, but they're almost using the wrong language without even knowing it. It's not necessarily that the guy is shy. Now, he might be quiet, maybe a little bit more to himself, but comfortable in himself where he doesn't feel the need to blabber on really crazy and, and do any kind of nervous things. So let's just be careful with the kind of words that we hear and the words that we use. So when you guys hear something like that, I don't want you to think, oh, cool, I'm quiet and shy, I'm all good. Because you got to think about it this way. Whatever you've been doing up until this point, if it's not working, something needs to change. So if you consider yourself a quiet and shy guy and you haven't been getting any results in dating, then it's probably not working for you. Now, on the other hand, you don't need to be this crazy, outgoing, loud personality. No, you don't need to be that. It's okay to be a little quiet. But shy, I don't know. I just don't like it. I don't see shy as something that is a positive quality in a man. And women don't want that. Because shy means, think about, well, let's just, here, you know what, let's, uh, let's define it. Let's actually define the word shy. What do they say here on Google? Being reserved or having or showing nervousness or timidity in the company of other people. Exactly. Women will never ever like a guy who is showing nervousness or timidity in the company of other people. Right? And the informal version of shy is less than short of like, oh, I'm shy a dollar. It's like a lack. It's just not good. Let's not associate ourselves with that. Now, you might feel shy at times. That's normal. It's okay to work through it. Don't get down on yourself. I'm not coming down on you for being shy. But it's something that needs to be worked towards. So I bet you that the guy that Rebecca's with is quiet but confident. So I'm glad you brought that up, though, because I would hope that that episode didn't just push people in the direction of, oh, shy is good. It's not good. You want to work on that. You want to work on being more confident, less timid. It doesn't mean loud and crazy, like I said, but it just means confident in your actions and being able to talk to people and socialize. Those are all very important things. They help get you to better places in your life, in your career, in your dating, in your friendships. You know, they've, they've done studies. They said, I've talked about this before, your relationships are the most important in your life. The relationships with your family, your friends, your lovers, that is what's going to make you truly happy is having those relationships in your life. And in order to have those relationships, you're going to have to be more confident and less shy. Again, quiet's okay, shy no good. I think we've, we've really answered this question. Let's move on. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate your question. do one more hunter 
And by the way, if you guys want to email in your questions, you can email me trip at tripadvice.com, put in the subject line podcast question, and I will answer it. Just like Hunter did. He says, maybe one to share with the podcast. I'm 32, recently divorced, was married 10 years until I found out my wife is cheating on me and had about zero self-esteem. I've religiously listened to your podcast and finally got to put a skill to use. He says, I cold approached a woman at the coffee shop I frequented. I used the TED technique to first create a tension situation about the type of coffee she got, then entertained her with a story of how I ended up in the state we lived in. From there, I learned a lot more about her and we talked for about an hour. At the end, I asserted dominance by asking the baristas if I was a regular, to which they replied, hell yes. And through some more jokes and talking, got her Facebook, and have a lunch date set this Friday. Thanks, brother, Hunter. Oh, nice. Okay, not even a question. Just a successful story. Well, Hunter, I I appreciate you writing in. That's awesome. Look at that. It works. What do you know? You know, it's interesting, too. The TED technique or the TED method, the formula that I have, tension, entertainment, dominance, where we go deeper into my hooked program on that, and we also teach this in, in the coaching program. I didn't make up TED. I made up an acronym and words to describe something that already exists. So meaning, I didn't pull out of thin air, look at this magical new way to attract women. Because that that would be impossible. But what I've done is I've studied attraction to such an insane degree that I have been able to simplify it into a formula that's easy to teach, easy to use to get results. And that's the beautiful part about TED. In a way, I guess it can be magic because it's something that I was able to figure out and it wasn't easy, but everyone's used TED. Your mom and dad, your your dad used TED without even knowing it. He did. He used the TED technique. Because everyone who's getting together is using the principles of attraction on some level. And so that's what it was. And Hunter, congrats, man. You did it. So good job. Armand. Hey, Trip. Truly appreciate the range of topics you cover with male-female dynamics. I'm constantly learning from all that you share, including taking action and learning from that. One of my issues I've noticed is that I can get, I can be way more comfortable in approaching, teasing, joking, and escalating sexually and generally talking to women that I feel are less attractive. I still find it nerve wracking and challenging to approach, joke, escalate with women that are nines and tens in my eyes. I have been with and have attracted pretty gorgeous women, but I usually pedestalize them too quickly, throwing out compliments or just lowering myself below them in status during interactions and not asserting myself with the value I should. I'm wondering what tips you have regarding not pedestalizing the most gorgeous women that I come across and feeling entirely worthy of their time as well as comfortable in approaching and escalating with them. I always end up feeling like it's too risky or creepy or I'm uncomfortable or awkward whenever I think of doing it. Thanks again. Looking forward to more. So keep it all going. Diving into the Hooked program as we speak. Thanks, Armand. Armand, that's awesome you got hooked. If you guys want to get that, go to getherhooked.com. Link is in the show notes. Glad it's working for you. This is a great question. 
Okay, I just want to review it real quick, just a part of it. He says, I'm wondering what tips you have regarding not pedestalizing the most gorgeous women that I came across and feeling entirely worthy of their time as well as comfortable in approaching and escalating with them. Okay. Ah, okay. Now I understand because you said I always end up feeling like it's too risky or creepy. I was wondering what you meant by that. It's too risky or creepy or I'm uncomfortable or awkward whenever I think of doing it. Okay. Right. You're feeling uncomfortable and you feel like it's risky and awkward and all that stuff. There's a lot to say here, but I want to simplify this. The reason why that you and every other other guy will say pedestalize or feel uncomfortable around attractive women is very simple. Are you ready? Here it is. The reason why you're doing this is because you're not spending enough time around these women. I will admit for many, many years, I did the same exact thing until I finally spent enough time around attractive women where I realized, holy shit, these women are not any more special because they're attractive. And I love women. I absolutely do. But let's admit, guys, there's a lot of crappy ones out there. And some of those crappy ones are attractive. So I don't need to, and I've done this before, give you the advice, you know, well, you know, women, women shit too, women poop too, they fart, they do, they've had, they've gotten sick, you know, I know that's, that's a good mindset and it does help a little bit. It's nice to know that, you know, those women do that because think about it, you're seeing beautiful women in their best light. Like if you're looking on Instagram or social media, you're seeing them at the, their, their peak, their hottest moment. You're finding them attractive because they're at their prettiest. So big point here is that besides that mindset, you're just not spending enough time around them. And so that's why you're seeing them as these more special people. And yes, in some cases, attractive women can be actually more rare, meaning maybe they're not around. You know, you go to a club or a bar, they're not all super nines and tens and super hot. There's usually only a few that are like super, super hot. So you don't necessarily get a lot of time with very attractive women, but that's why you got to create that time. Hence, and I love when we come back to the topic here, hence why you need to be 10xing your approaches and creating a schedule and approaching more women. Because then the more women you approach, the more you'll have an opportunity to get over that pedestalization, which I don't think is an actual word. Pedestalizing. You get it. So you need to be approaching more of these women, which is why you got to really focus on going up and talking to those women the most. I mean, it's still okay to talk to the women who are average or whatever, but the nines and tens in your eyes, those super attractive women, you must talk to them. So I don't have this crazy little technique to instantly make you feel comfortable and instantly not pedestalize them. Spend more time around them. Hell, make friends with them. Friend zone them. Just friend zone them. Just get in the friend zone. Have them as friends. Don't try to hit on them. Spend more time around them. You're going to realize, oh wow, what was I thinking? This woman is just like any other woman. She just happens to be pretty. And I get it. 
Like I said earlier, there's a little bit of a supply and demand issue. When there's less supply, there's more demand. And when the things are in higher demand, you feel they're more valuable. And so we, we get a little nervous around that because we want something that's valuable and it's hard to get it. So in this case, we get a little sweaty, we get a little nervous, start doing things that you feel are uncomfortable. But dude, you got to do those things anyways. You got to just do your best to know that you shouldn't treat her as a nine or a 10 different than an eight or a seven. I did that for a long time. I even think I did that a little bit into early trip advice years. I was talking a lot about that. It was wrong. I quickly changed my, my mind on that one. That, you know, nines and tens are a little bit different. When they're hotter, you got to do something a little bit different. You don't. You don't. Because when you do that, they can tell. They know. They know when you're trying too hard. Right? They know. So you got to be more comfortable. You said it yourself. You said, one of my issues I've noticed is that I can be way more comfortable in approaching, teasing, joking, escalating sexually with women that you feel are less attractive. And I bet you you're very successful there because you're not giving a shit. That's what the hot women want to see. They don't want to know that you don't have experience with with other women. That's not attractive to them. So practical advice, get into more situations and fuck it up. Who cares? Like, it's fine. A lot of guys will will think, oh, this is my shot, right? It's blind demand. It's not a lot of these girls around. I got to make it work. I don't want to screw it up. I only see so many nines and tens. Ah, don't even worry about that. Plenty to go around. Lots of beautiful women out there. Tons. Tons, tons, tons. So just go in there as if you just started your, your approaching. You just started your process. Remember, when you're first starting approaching, you're just like, I got to talk to anybody. Treat it the same way. Just don't have a goal in mind. Just get time with them. Practice. Get in there. Fail. Try to escalate. Fuck up. Make it awkward. Whatever you got to do. Mess it all up. Just get in there. And that, my friend, will get you success. Guys, email me. I love your questions. You guys are amazing. Trip at tripadvice.com is my email. Trip is with two Ps. I can't wait to hear more of your questions. Guys, I got some fun interviews coming up here. Last one was pretty awesome with Alana, who worked at Hinge. Got some other ones coming up. And uh, I'm just excited to keep on rocking with you for the rest of the year who's with me much love to all thanks for listening and i'll speak to you soon talk to you on the next episode take care